0: hello and welcome to this week's gg weekend watch finally sponsored by SBK, and what a weekend of racing we have to cover we have plenty to cover though in the process of today's show with races being covered at newmarket ascot Red car and of course Longchamp for top class action. Now, I make no secret that this is one of my favourite weekends of racing throughout the entire season. So I'm hoping that regular GG Weekend Watch pundits Andrew Mountain and Daryl Carter will be able to aid my further enjoyment with plenty of winners across the weekend. And hopefully we can keep the ball rolling from last weekend as well, because we did pretty well, as it turns out. We had a winner in Adjudicator for Daryl at Even Money. We had Perfect Power, Uh, Kate's nap of the weekend, going in and winning, (laughs) so that was fantastic. I could finally pull a nap out of the bag. Uh, This might be a rarity, but I'm gonna milk it for all it's worth. Daryl, of course, obviously siding with Perfect Power as well. So two versus one, happy we prevailed. Mark's choice as well for Daryl at 15 to eight and Jumby. Daryl's nap winning at five to two. So, Daryl, no pressure to keep this ball rolling. Please. We will be very, very grateful. And you have plenty of races to keep that ball rolling as well. Right. I've
1: still got egg on my face from last (laughs) week. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Never
0: Never dismiss this man for a pun. He will (laughs) pull through every time. And you can also tell he has a young child. Well, I hope that's why you have a plastic egg, at least anyway. I won't ask any more questions. (laughs) <laughs> right. Without further ado, we have better crack on because, as I say, we have plenty to cover on today's show. So we're going to start with the 145 at Newmarket. This is a Phillies handicap, not to 105 handicap for three-year-olds and over over a mile two. This looks a wide open contest with the opening show of betting suggesting that as well. It is currently headed by Achilles. Still hoping I'm pronouncing that right. At six to one, at the head of the markets, which tells you in itself how competitive this Philly handicap is. So, I don't know about you guys, but I am really looking forward to this race. But from an entertainment perspective, rather than betting, because it's so tricky to solve. So, I'm relying on your help to pick out a winner, please. Starting with you, Daryl. Oh no,
2: I'm watching the final fence. A friend or foe? <laughs>
0: <laughs> did did? Andrew, oh, go on, Sam. He oh, here comes mine. Beyond the
2: glass No, bug off.
1: My
2: Find. Go find, boy. come on. What He's not know? gonna find. Is he gonna oh, find?
1: Going. Go on. Use the rail. Use the rail. Anyone one of three. anyone of three. Go on. Ah, oh,
2: you bugger. There's a limp separating <laughs> the three. Well I no, no, Andrew? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> Andrew
0: coming out on top. I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. That live
1: comment. It, it's is... a rarity. So. Well, you know, <laughs> <miracle>.
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do, do you want me to
1: start three... with this one, Kate? While Daryl composes himself.
2: Yeah. Go on. Crack <laughs> on.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll hand I'm it good. over to you, Andrew, I'll you say, while Sarah composes itself. Now, now, we do talk a lot of
1: hot air on this show, but the, the wind <laughs> could play a significant factor at Newmarket, because there's a possibility of a 40-mile-an-hour headwind looking at the uh, at the forecast. So if that materializes, um, it could play into the hands of those who have ridden patiently. That brings me to Atta Veek, uh, trained by Gay Kelleway, He's around about 28 to 1, I think. Now, um, she was a big eye-catcher on the July course uh, at the end of July, um, winning against the bias, coming from off the pace on a day pretty much every winner made all. She went back to the July course for her next two starts and um, the bias reverted to type then when it was generally uh, helpful to be on the front end. She's finished fourth, running well on each occasion, coming from off the pace. And the first of those two fourth places she was all over the track and was a bit of an eye catcher according to the racing post i thought with the bigger field a likely stronger pace and if that headwind is uh, going to play a part then her patient style could be an advantage so i'm going to go for at at a price here
0: definitely at a price the outside of a lot uh with my current reading of betting at least anyway about a 28 to one shot so yes certainly so and that probably filters into the fact this is such a wide open handicap Darrell, do you see the race as wide open as the betting suggests?
2: Yeah, I do. Um I haven't got an overly strong opinion on this. I like to set uh ensemble for, for Roger Varian. Um he won this with Charger Queen off Mark 102 a few years back. But uh, I thought um she showed up really well on her seasonal reappearance, just the second run of her career, at uh, the July course with splitting gal, wonder and evident beauty. She was conceding a bit of experience and race race course fitness there. I thought it was a good run, looked like she was going to improve next time just for fitness, if, if anything. And then she bolted up in a, in good style in a novice next time at Lingfield. Um, there's a bit of substance to that form as well. The fourth chased over the 91-rated Nini's Choice next time, only beating one and a half lengths. Uh, and the runner-up has since won a novice race at Kempton. So I, I thought that was a an eye-catching run. But then she took another step forward again at Lingfield next time. She was four wide around the bend when runner-up to uh, Miss Fitzherbert, who subsequently won again and is rated 89 now. Um, she she raced four wide for the majority of the race And it was only the fact that Miss uh, Fitzherbert Came with one long burst down the outside that, that sort of caught her out a little bit She took a minute to pick up But when she did, she stayed on quite strongly um, I thought that was a, a good performance Especially given that winner has come out and won again And she was giving that horse £11 and the third was second in the Class 2 next time as well behind Don't Tell Clara Ascot of mark of 83. So I thought a £2 hype for that performance probably underestimated how well she actually did there. So I thought a mark of 88 was probably well within reach. Uh, I thought there, that you could make cases for a lot of these. We must mention there's going to be a lot of rain, I think, at both Ascot mm-hmm. and Newmarket. Uh, and it's just worth treading carefully until we know how much has really fallen. I'm not entirely sure how Ensemble is going to handle the ground or whatnot. Uh, it's just a bit of a bit of taking a chance, but I do think she's got more to come off a mark of 88. Uh, she's a she's a young improving horse for the right stable, so yeah, she'd be my selection.
0: Definitely. So, and as you say, the way that she stayed on over the mile last time out suggests that the step up in trip by an extra two furlongs should hopefully play to her advantage as well. But also, Daryl makes a very good point there about the rain that we're forecast this weekend. I'm happy we got that in early as well because there there's plenty of changeable weather conditions around at the minute. So, uh, this goes for all venues and Longchamp as well on Sunday that we will be updating selections on the website at gg.co.uk or on any of our social media channels, should conditions play havoc with our selection. So hopefully it's not going to be too much significant rain, but as you say it is, it's that time of year where it has to be expected. So totally understandable. And their ensemble for Daryl as well, second in around 11 to two at my current showing. It looks a very nice bet as well. We're moving on to the next race at Newmarket. This is the 220. This is 150,000 pounds. Tattersalls October auction stakes for two-year-olds over six furlongs. Now this is just to—I know we have a lot of new viewers every week, so just to explain what this race basically is and what it entails. So this is a race for two-year-olds only who were sold or bought as yearlings at the 2020 Tattersalls Ascot Yearling Sales, 2020 Tattersalls October Yearling Sales Book Three or Four, and which were withdrawn from any of the above sales but were subsequently sold or bought at the 2020 tassels december yearling sales so uh with related sale governing the se- selling price for the calculation of weight to be carried plenty of allowances for the sales prices or penalties for winning certain classes of races so hopefully that in some way I'm went
1: still carry- wiser, Kate. Exactly. <laughs> oh well that, that was, was very
2: good
0: I said a lot of words then, and even I didn't know what I was saying, but no, well, <laughs> good old <laughs> racing admin. Uh, yeah, so hopefully, if you understood any of what I just said, that has gone in some way to explain exactly how the weights and such like are calculated here. And understandably, this race is hugely competitive with plenty of talented two-year-olds with a field of 30 runners declared. So, Daryl, back to you. No easy feats to find the winner here, but I challenge you to this task.
2: <laughs> no, it's very, very difficult. Um, I tried and I tried and I tried, but I could not get away from Fearby at the top of the market. Um, it's boring and it, it's unoriginal, but I just think he ticks a, a lot of boxes. This normally goes to, to a horse with a bit of experience. He ticks that box. Soft ground shouldn't be an issue to him, given, he was, um, given his second in the Malkham. Uh, All be over five furlongs he has shaped like a stiffer test would really suit him i think this stiff track um with a bit of rain just might see him to better effect uh that was evident by him running on in the mill reef last time so he's contested some really hot races he's, he's got a fair draw and stall 18 ryan moore's booked he's the highest rated in this field he's seven pounds clear i think on the weight adjusted ratings i just think he ticks a lot of boxes for one that's essentially you know taking a drop in class really uh, and there wasn't anything that i would have been confident on that was going to improve for the ground in the field so it, it was very difficult but uh, i thought Fearby six to one is probably a fair price about him i thought ed walker's piffle was interesting i was actually at goodwood when this horse won last time i was down at the start and oshie murphy was on board he can't do the weight today i think his lowest riding weight is around eight stone five so i think that's probably why ray dawson's on board but Piffle was chewing on the tack in her mouth, and she, Oshin, was complaining saying, "There's an issue with her mouth. There's an issue with her mouth." That was before the gates opened. She went on a one really strongly, uh, one really well over seven furlong. I actually thought they would be going up in trip, not down in trip. So it's a slight uh, strange move for them. But I expect Piffle to be there or thereabouts. I just wouldn't know how how this horse would handle the ground. And, and Fear mm. B for me is a much more solid option, and six to one seems very fair given. This is much easier than what he's been used to contesting this season.
0: Yeah, he's some really hard form lines for the two-year-olds, doesn't he? That people can use him to rate other two-year-olds as well. But uh, uh mention as well, they're positive for Piffle, rightly so, because people do say that I do talk an awful lot of Piffle. So I'm happy we got that mention in. Andrew, yourself?
1: Yeah, this is um, pretty horrendous. I mean, again, as Daryl, you, uh, you, you said, you know, the... the there's loads of rain forecast for roundabout when racing starts. You know, about one o'clock on Saturday. So, you know, it, it could be good, good to firm in places. If we, if they miss it and don't water, it could be heavy. Um, we could have this horrendous headwind as well. So, those who've ridden up with the pace could be in a big disadvantage. Generally speaking, in this race, even though the stalls are far side, you just want to be drawn very high or very low against either rail because they're pretty much spread straight across and split into multiple groups. Uh, I was quite interested in Diak's Delight around about 50 to 1 for the uh, Paul and Oliver Cold Yard. uh, Wearing cheap pieces for the first time, which is a a profitable angle for this yard. We saw Majestic Dawn of course win last year's Cambridgeshire when just blasting off down the rail at Newmarket in the first time headgear. Um, He was a bit of an eye catcher when third at Chepstow a few runs back. um, Finishing placed from store one when the rail buyers favouring high numbers was in full swing. Next time he's gone to Wolverhampton, he's been given a patient ride. He's ended up on the outside of the track when it paid to be up with the pace more towards the um, you know, the inner. And then uh, last time now he's lost his action and um, just run no sort of race over seven furlongs at Epsom probably failed to handle the track. So from store one on that far side, um, that could help. And um, you know, we've seen plenty of big prized horses placed in this race. So maybe DX Delight each way he can give us a run for our money and but it will be very small money you know, you know it's, it's a, an horrendous race as uh daryl said
0: it is it's an absolute nightmare of a race this but yeah diax delights there at round 50 to one if not bigger is a huge price we're chancing to fill the frame here especially as he's been given a month to recover from losing his action last time out as you said so yeah but if when in doubt have a huge play at a horse in a race like this especially when it comes to olds at this time of year On to the next race at Newmarket, this is the 255, the Kingdom of Bahrain Sun Chariot Stakes, a group one for three rolls and over, over a mile. Hugely excited to see these fillies and mares in this race. With some of the best and most impressive performances we've seen this season in general, set to contest this group one. None less than Snow Lambton, who has had a real roller coaster of a season. And it's just been a learning curve for her, I think, throughout the season, as much as anything. She currently heads the market. There is also the superstar with the Iron Constitution Mother Earth in here. Saffron Beach bidding to build on her group three win last time out. Won't mind conditions here at all. So it is hugely exciting. But who wins is the more pressing question, Andrew.
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Saffron Beach. Um, she loves it here on the rolling Mile, four runs, two wins, including one on soft ground, uh, a close second, and then, of course, a second to uh, Mother Earth in the, the 1000 Guineas. Now, since then, she's failed to stay a mile and a half behind Snowfall in the Oaks. Uh, and then she finished 11th of 13th of the Falmouth, which is a uh, form well represented here. Because remember that race, they split into two distinct groups. Eight of, I think it was seven of the 13 runners went to the far side. They included the first five home. And of all those horses who were drawn low and stayed down the middle of the track, they've run some incredible races since. I mean, best of that bunch was uh, just beautiful in sixth. Um, She's um, clocked up uh, close second and first in her two subsequent runs. Uh, Second best of the middle group is Lavender's Blue, who also runs here. Uh, Next time out, that one's gone to Goodwood and won at 20 to one. And then Saffron Beach, um, although only 11th, didn't have a prayer from store two and has come out and won since. So, um, And again, I wouldn't put you off any of those um, just beautiful Saffron Beach uh, and Lavender's Blue, all who are inconvenienced by the buyers of Falmouth and are still sort of overpriced as though that was um, you know, not um, you know, a biased race. And uh, they've all run well since. I think any one of the three could, could run a good race here. Um, obviously we don't know the ground, we don't know whether you want to be up with the pace or held up at the back of the field, so that's another imponderable giving a tip at this stage for Newmarket. But given her love of the track, Saffron Beach will do for me.
0: Certainly so. She's just such a likeable filly, isn't she? So, yeah, completely see the argument for Saffron Beach. Darryl, yourself with this very good race.
2: Uh, Yeah, this is a a belting race. Uh, Stalls, uh, like Andrew said, are the far side, um, Mm. but there's only 13 runners here. I do tend to worry about low-drawn runners on that far side because they can find a good bit of traffic. Um, Saffron Beach might be all right because she might be running promptly. Um, but, yeah, I, I, this is very interesting. Five of the last ten winners of this race won the Falmouth before running it, uh, And th- a further three placed first, second or third. Uh, the Guineas have got a good record in this race as well, so that's Mother Earth. Uh, I don't think there's much between the top two, if I'm being honest. Stowland and the Mother Earth. Snow Lantern did have an excuse in France last time, though she scoped badly when she got back to the handing Yard. So th- there is an excuse for that. I mean, she was only beaten four lengths by Baye, but still an excuse. Um, I-, I think that she might want a fast ground going forward, but she did handle it pretty well behind Alcohol Free in a correlation uh, when Denied a clear run. She was only beaten one and a half lengths there. I'm surprised Alcohol Free is actually not in this race, but. Mm. Um, but I, I do like Snow Lantern at the top of the market. I think she wants a mile. I think she wants a mile and a quarter. I think next season I don't think we'll see her over shorter than that. But this new market stiffment, New Market track, really does test stamina. And she, and I'd be very surprised on soft ground if Mother Earth can outstay Snow Lantern. Um so that was my, my thinking behind it. She's drawn out stall seven. She should get a fairly clear passage straight down the centre of the track. I think she's the best horse in the race. Um if the ground was better, I'd be keen to give Premio Bacio another chance at the prices mm. because she she's a big double figure odds in here and that doesn't represent a true a true chance really. But the soft ground just might go against her. Lavender Lavender's blue again. The ground would be a slight concern. I'm trying to play the the soft ground card this week because I do think it's going to get quite testing. Um, there could be an upset in here. Uh, the, the Roger Veran newcomer Tahili wasn't beaten far by mother Earth, uh, three lengths in Doville on soft ground last time got no clear run that horse could step forward um again here three-year-old there's lots in with chances but I just think that Snow Lantern is very straightforward she's a very talented horse and I think she she wants a stamina test so that's why I think she, she's she's going to win this race even even on soft ground
0: yeah, and has Sean Levy booked a ride again, which is a real positive angle, I just think. Yeah, Spencer so. gave her
2: a terrible ride at Goodwood, that's why. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, I was, um, yeah, it was going to be interesting to see how that was going to go at Goodwood. And um, yeah, I'm basically happy to see Sean Levy back on her. So hugely exciting race, plenty of positive mentions there, Snow Lantern for Daryl. And then for yourself, Andrew, you were siding with Saffron Beach. So, That's yes. right couple of really good mentions there hugely hugely excited for that race now i'm going to throw it up to the floor for anything else from new market here because that is our scheduled races covered at least so daryl throwing it back to you anything else you like at new market
2: um just uh jasmine joy in the 405 i I thought she won really really nicely at yarmouth i mean it was a nothing race really Uh, she beat him behind her but she done it so very easily and it's the second time i've seen her now just winning going away like she's enjoying herself um she's up uh, £6 pounds for that, but this is not, you know, there's not a lot of depth in this race mm-hmm. for me. So I think she could take another step forward and William Buick's been booked to take the ride for, for James Francis. So Jasmine Joy in the 4.05 at Newmarket, but that's it.
0: Perfect and very interesting that race because five, five of the seven runners won their last start. So yeah, Jasmine Joy, a bit of value about her as well at her current price in the 4.05 at Newmarket. And Andrew, yourself? Uh, no, not for me, not at Newmarket. Perfect. No, we will swiftly move on then to Ascot because we have plenty to cover at this venue as well. I uh, wish we were covering this for tomorrow because again, I'm going to actually be there tomorrow. So, um, so if if any of you want to throw it back to tomorrow, it may be outdated when this podcast gets released. But at least it'll help me out. So, <laughs> but we will move on to Ascot on the Saturday, and we will start with a two o five. This is the Roost Fates, the Listed contest for three year olds and over over five furlongs. Uh, first race is yet another very likeable race here. This time, listed contest as I say, where Hurricane Ivor heads the market as he attempts to bring up a hat trick following his wins in the Portland handicap and then back that up with another in the Group 3 World Trophy stakes at Newbury. So he's splitting the difference here with a listed race. But will the dropping grade see him bring up the hat trick here, Andrew?
1: Yeah, interesting little races. And so the, the, uh, traditionally, the Ralph stakes is favoured front runners and is potentially a very strong headwind at ascot looking at the weather forecast gusting up to 47 miles an hour possibly although the trouble is you look at the wind direction it could be completely different at sort of um, one o'clock is to four o'clock and a bit later so so do keep an eye on that and um you know if you're thinking of you know backing a front runner normally at ascot on the straight course i would be advising against it but it might be all right on saturday now, um, I mean, Hurricane Ivor is a horse, you, you know, I like. I thought he did really well to win that uh, group three contest at um, Newbury last time. Because William Haggis, since he's had him, has already always said he needs an easy six or a stiff five. Now, last time out at Newbury, it was an easy five. Newbury, as we know, on the straight course, generally speaking, you want to be up with the pace. Um, the runner-up in the third, um, you know, were on the front end throughout. And I thought Hurricane Iver did really well to come from off the base to win that. I think he's got bags of ability. Uh, I think he's a genuine king stand contender for next year. He's already shown form at Ascot. Was he short headed by significantly when he was on the wrong side of the track uh, a few runs ago? So um, yeah, it, again, I'll, I'll keep an eye on the weather. But you know, Hurricane ivy has got obvious claims. I mean, Dakota Gold um, won uh, this corresponding week last year We're at York when the. Um, uh, was it the Besborough Stakes was, uh, so the Benghoff Stakes was uh, run at that track last year. Uh, I thought he'd do well. He was drawn out of it in the uh, the Nunthorpe of Cooke, drawn high, didn't have a prayer. If the rain comes, uh, which the forecast says it probably will do, then it's going to suit him if it goes soft. And um, in, interestingly, um, Colts have done well in this race. Not many, not many have attempted it in, in the last 10 years, only six, but two of those have won. And we've only got two on offer here significantly who um, seems to have re- reverted to his bad old ways and um, mm. it been a bit frustrating uh, recently. Uh, and Minza, who we haven't seen since September of last year. When we last saw him, though, he did really well to finish third against the bias at uh, Newmarket, doing best of those to come from off the base. So I'll be fascinated to see which way he goes in the market. But I'll, I'll stick with my old friend Hurricane Iver, um, but I, I wouldn't want to make a final decision until I know the conditions on the date.
0: Yep, certainly so. And that's actually, I found this weekend so tricky to assess. So when I was really trying to find a nap, then I I thought that, well, dependent on where Swayzer is drawn on Sunday, and if she definitely gets a declaration for Longchamp, then I thought that Hurricane Ivor was probably my better bet of the weekend here because of all of the reasons you just said, um, hoping to, that he will bring up a hat-trick here, drops back down list of Company following that Group 3 win, had the rope re- re-opposing Tiz Marvellous, one leg behind in third. Tiz Marvellous is getting £2 from Hurricane Iver this time around, but... I still think he can uphold the form. He could well have been aimed at the Abbey himself, but he's not been supplemented, instead cited here. And as you say, Andrew, he ran well on his only started Ascot previously to finish second by a short head over this course and distance in July. So plenty in his favour here. Darryl, are you going to make it a hat-trick of Hurricane Ivor votes?
2: No, no, I'm not. I, I don't think Wonderful. he's gonna. I, I don't think he wants the ground. I don't think he's gonna want the ground that he's gonna get. I'd be surprised if he was a runner, if if I'm being honest. Um, I, I'm gonna just roll the dice with out Actually, uh, there's plenty of negatives for him, but uh, it, it's interesting when Owen Burrows books Jim Crowley for a, for a first-time out horse on the back of a 300-day layoff or more. They're two for five, forty percent. Uh, look he can be keen he, he's going to be unproven on the ground you know and he might have bigger targets ahead of him you know this is probably just been to get him back on track so you are taking a chance but he, he's around what 14 to 1 or whatever mm-hmm. i think that's a, a big price for a horse that showed the ability he showed last year the shape of this race i think is the reason why i want to back him It's because there's so much pace in the race um i, I just thought they were they're going to go off so hard here and uh Minzao's hold up hold up style of running just really might suit this this particular race like he's not far off top rated in this in this field he's getting well, he is top rated actually in this field isn't he yeah 111 mm-hmm. and he's getting 5 pounds from hurricane argal I, I thought i thought he had to be a player at the prices even with that long layoff but owen Burrows has bought plenty of horses good sprinters back um, from long layoffs previously he's definitely a talented horse i don't think the ground will be a problem for him but uh, you, you are taking a massive risk for him. But I just didn't like anything else in the race a, a, as much as I probably like him. I thought Dakota Gold would be interesting. He's unbeaten on soft ground since 2018. I thought he'd be interesting if it came up really soft. I just can't get away from the fact that his last couple of runs have been really poor mm. um, for me, and he's now a seven-year-old, and it just there's got to be a point where he's going to start taking a slight downturn. So I, di- I didn't want to be on the on the receiving end of that. Thought significantly it was interesting, but like you two said. His old ways are creeping back and he doesn't look like he really wants to do it. It, it. You know, he thinks about it every time he hits the front. So that's a worry. I didn't think Keep Busy would be good enough. I thought the ground would be against him. his marvellous. King of Stars is going to um, go well. But I, I thought there's so much pace, um, uh, competitiveness for the for the, for the lead. I, I thought he would end up fading away. So I just, yeah, I settled on, on Minzo. Wouldn't be a strong bet, but I'm going to throw a couple of quid at, at around 14-1.
0: Perfect. I say a nice price as well on this return for Minzar. So he is definitely a very interesting runner with that official rating of 111 as well. But hopefully the plenty of pace on as much as it will help Minzar for you, Daryl. I'm also hoping that that will play Hurricane of Ivers advantage. So <laughs> we shall see how that fares. Now the 240 at Ascot we will move on to. This is the Group 3 Cumberland Lodge stakes for three rounds and over over a mile four. And there are plenty of smart stayers in this race. But I, I do feel that when looking at this race, there are plenty of smart horses in here who probably want a bit further than this trip. So I found it tricky to weigh up if some of these proper stayers would be suited by a drop back in trip, even with the softer conditions and at Ascot, of course, which does require the extra bit of stamina. But what do you think, Daryl?
2: Yeah, I really like Quick Form for this. Mm. really like him. Um I thought that the run in the e ball on his pinama start when ahead second to Sonny Boy Liston, who has since come out and won a group one in Ireland, was, was a belting run. He did really well from, you know, closer to the pace than ideal probably. I think that the the the, uh, the third, fourth, and the winner all came from quite a way back. So I thought he did really well there. And then at Salisbury next time he lost oh. fifteen lengths at the start, ducked Ow. right into the shoot, <laughs> honestly. Um and, and what people will tell you is that, well, they went at quite a slow pace enough for him to catch up, but you've got to think about the energy he's used to catch mm. up. And then he sat off that slow pace at the rear of the field and he's had to circle them and win going away. A Berkshire Rocco is absolutely no mug. Um, I thought that was a really taking performance. I thought they played quite, played this quite clever with the, with the rain coming in the drop back and trip. He, um, he, he won here on heavy ground in the Duke of Edinburgh beating um, the likes of a Lunak. I think he's very, very progressive, He's a, he's a really nice horse. I think he's very straightforward. I don't think you, you can have too many qualms about, about his chances in this. Uh, a Toito is a, is a interesting horse. He's going to be one to keep on side going forward. But I do think that he wants good ground. Mm. Uh, I think he might struggle if it turns into into a real test. I don't think he's the strongest stayer ever, a mile four. Um, but, yeah, I, I like this race, and I really, really like quick form for it.
0: I totally agree with you about Quickthorn. It was just bizarre last time out. How about, I actually tweeted it at the time and I said, basically, if you just missed Quickthorn's win at Salisbury, go back and watch it because it was bizarre. And as you say, I don't blame him temperament wise for that because I just think he was confused why there were no stools mm. and he literally had no idea what was going on. Ended up stuck in a shoes, and as you say, lost however many legs before making it all up and barked your say. Absolutely no mug. And the size and scope of Quickthorn, if a ground does go soft, I think that that will even play to his advantage. So totally agree with you there. Andrew, yourself, please, for this Group 3.
1: Yeah, Quickthorn. Uh, oh. he's,
0: he's,
1: I mean, he's had five runs this year, um, four proper races and a barrier trial for the Ebor, which was called a Group 3 race at um, um, York in July. That was, that Was one of the funniest group three races you'd ever see because <laughs> half, half the field didn't want to win it, they were just having a prep over the e-ball course and distance. And um, <laughs> sod the 45 grand first prize, and uh, we want the 300 grand on offer for the Ebor. You. You, you look at that race, it paid to be on the front end, it was like an Irish maiden hurdle, try us to the front. And, <laughs> and, uh, and the rest of the, the horses who, who were held up, you know, away he goes, was fifth. He's come out and finished second to Truchan since. Sonny Boy Liston was six, you know, um, held up in midfield, you know, pulling like a train. He's come out and won the Ebor by a head from Quickthorn, who was eighth. So uh, forget that run completely. It doesn't mean anything. His other four runs this year since Gelt, I mean, yeah, as you say, first, first, second by a head of the Ebor, and first. He, he's versatile tactically. He goes in big fields. He goes in small fields. He goes on any ground. He's just the perfect horse to have on your side on Saturday. I thought we had a great chance.
2: Yeah, and I thought that I like you guys. I thought the soft ground would actually enhance his chances. I thought mm-hmm. yeah, he actually wants a good bit of cut in the ground, turn it into a real step test. Um, and it's a massive bonus when you come here to Ascot, and a horse is already a one over the course and distance. You know, especially on soft ground, that's for sure.
0: Definitely so. So that is three hugely positive mentions for Quickthorn. as say can't see too many faults in his armoury for this race. So hopefully, uh, you'll also be getting a little bit of value about him against who come at the head of the market as well. So definitely all in agreement there. Hopefully this can continue for the rest of the day. I doubt it, but <laughs> we can hope. Uh, On to the 3.15 at Ascot. This is another group three contest. This is the Bengough stakes for three-year-olds and over, over six furlongs. And we have so many characters in this race that we know all about. The market is currently headed by Glensheel, who loves this course and distance this time of year. And soft ground conditions. So, is this race as straightforward as side with all of those variables here, Andrew?
1: Yeah, Clenshield was the one that I was immediately drawn to. You know, I, I love this horse. He obviously hasn't had his ground for the majority of his runs this year. He loves hock, deep mud. You know, he'll, he'll have a great chance on um, Champions Day uh, again. And if it does come up soft or heavy, which the going certainly su- suggests it might by the time of this race, then he's going to run a good race. Um, great. Every, every time I sort of um, come up with a short list of two, I always go for the big price one on this um, show, which is pro- probably not the greatest idea because it, it keeps sort of <laughs> talking me out of winners like Hurricane Iver and Danny in recent weeks. But I was interested in Ventura Diamond, who ran about 33 to one. Now, she came good at this time last year. She ran in the, um, the red card two-year-old trophy on this um, very day. And uh, she won the race on the near side. You know, big advantage to be drawn low on the straight track, as it often is at red car that day. She was drawn high. And then um, she built on the promise of that run with um, subsequent wins at Leicester and Newmarket. Now, five of her top six racing post ratings have come on soft or heavy going, and she could have her conditions by post time. So yeah, Glenshield, yes, but that one's three to one. Ventura Diamond at 33 to one, I think is the better value.
0: Yeah, at either end of the market there, Glenshear was favourite and then Ventura Diamond as the outsider of a lot. So, nice bit of a, of evening up there, at least from you, Andrew. Darrell, yourself, please, for this race.
2: Yeah, I thought uh, similar thoughts, really, to Andrew in terms of Glen Shield. I thought if he ran back to his best, he's going to be very, very difficult to beat. Mm. Uh, I... I so just I, I wanted to take a little bit of a chance, to be honest, on Charlie Fellows's for dream who got no run at Doville last time behind Garris, beaten two lengths, finished with plenty of running left. It's unexposed over six furlongs. And I just think that six furlongs and the combination of six furlongs and soft ground is going to be right up her street. Um, she's improving um, with, with each and every start. I, I wouldn't be overly confident on her in this in this field but i just thought that her third in the jersey behind creative force didn't actually leave her too much to find with the majority of these she's a double figure price at around 14 to 1 i think six fell onto soft ground is a combination she hasn't tried yet and i think those two could just be the key to her chances she's an improving three-year-old um it's a it's a dart in the dark really because I just didn't have a very strong opinion on the race. So I will tell you what, actually, I did have a strong opinion on this on the race. I can't believe they're not running Brando in this race. <laughs> if Brando would run in this yep. race, he was ten to one midweek. He would absolutely hack up. Mm-hmm. They want to Darryl, send him over you, five. You three. realize
1: King's Lynn's entered and you haven't tipped
2: him. Yeah, don't, don't. Um, yeah, I know. Do you know what? I thought? do you know what? I was looking at his face and I thought, as I was going through it, I thought he's gonna bloody win this.
1: And I was like,
2: don't do it to yourself again. Don't I've do been it to you. Um, um, well. no, I I can't I can't back it. I can't back him now because now the last two runs have been um have been well below par. Uh, you know, I, I almost convinced myself and talked myself into it. The fact that he's back here at ascot and those are where his two best runs have come from so um look i do i do think he has got some sort of chance i don't think he's shown quite as good as he as he is yet but uh
1: i'll oh, just uh, sorry i'll throw yeah. one other into the mix here which is punch bowl flyer who <laughs> is virtually unbeaten when unbeatable when getting six furlongs and soft or heavy going didn't have his conditions last time the time before um, ran in the um, Stewart's Cup at Goodwood had the ground that he needed, but he was drawn on the wrong side. He was uh, on the far side. And when I mean, you look at some of the others who raced, you know, centered to far side that day, great ambassador in third, Bielsa in sixth. I think Punchbowl Flyer was second of second of the seven who raced on the far side behind um, the great ambassador. So, um, you know, um, drawn low here um, up with the pace, what, you know, whether that's an advantage or disadvantage or not remains to be seen. But if it does go genuinely soft or heavy, then punch ball fly is probably not a 33 to one shot either.
2: I think they're going to split into two groups here. I think, mm. I think Glenn Shields 10 is going to try and make the run, running. I think uh, great ambassador drawn low punch ball fryer drawn low. Um, Bielsa likes to be prominent. Diligent Harry likes to be prominent. I think, I think they're going to split into two groups here. Um, but uh, I thought the dream might stay on that far side of the track and just okay, track so you yeah, have the, the, sto- the
1: a... stores the stamp side so I guess it depends what's happened in the earlier races and whether it looks like it. if everything's winning up the stamp side they can all bunch and you'll yeah. get horrendous trouble in running but uh, yeah
0: we'll see yeah definitely so so keep an eye out for earlier races to see exactly where you do want to be drawn if they do split into the two groups in this contest and exactly where the pace is going to come from I should say Glenshield is pretty um, guaranteed to try and be written at least prominently, anyway. But plenty of good shouts there anyway for Glen for Ventura Diamond. A brief note there for Punch Bowl Flyer, as well as the Dream for Daryl. And don't worry, Daryl, someone else will take your perch on the end of that cliff for Kingsland. So <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure that seat won't be left to get cold. Don't worry. <laughs> Hopefully it won't come I,
1: off. I want to see Daryl's face just before the off when he's thinking, should I have a saver? Should I have a saver? <laughs> you and will. Then, you, then, will. you know I'm having team a saver. <laughs> <50, 50 laughs> Kingsland's cruising to the front now.
0: <laughs> Nap of the weekend. Daryl will have a saber saver on Kingsley. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great it's, it's true. It's true. But yeah. Wide open race, so so competitive, and no easier contest in our next race. This is a three fifty at Ascot. This is the Challenge Cup, a heritage handicap for three year olds and over over seven furlongs. So we round off our scheduled Ascot races with this race, where Aratus currently heads the market is a horse who certainly comes here in good nick because he's currently uh, a six to one price at the time of recording on Thursday afternoon. We're just going to show you how wide open this race is, but it is a seven furlong handicap. We often talk about seven furlong performers being an entity into themselves. And Aratus has certainly looked that so far in his five race career, because he's solely run over the seven furlongs so far, winning four of those five starts. But will he make it five out of six, Darrell? uh i hope not
2: um (laughs) i like our Ruffa. i liked him for the cambridgeshire but they pulled him out and then he was entered up in another week uh another race last week uh, on the same same day as cambridgeshire and they pulled him out of that so i don't know what's going on with him and then there's no robert Havlin. there's no frankie detoria obviously they're, they're riding elsewhere but martin harley's on um i don't know if he's going to handle the ground but i can't not back him after his sand down run last time behind marshall down i thought it was remarkable the amount of ground he made up he passed horses like over the engine jack's point fox champion you know decent decent handicappers like they were standing still mm. um he it, it was the only one to come from well off the pace he was carrying a big weight there for mark 100 these weights are a little bit more compressed in this race I think he's definitely better than a hundred handicapper. That's for sure. There's a reason they persisted with him. I think he needed the run at Goodwood. You could see if you watch that back. He was just ridden underhands and heels. wasn't really asked too much of a question. Um, Given bit, a bit more of a forceful ride by Robert Havlin at Sandown last time, but again was was really just well off a slow pace. That Marshall Danner just nicked to the nick to the bend and then got in a breather and then, and then struck on, stuck on again. Uh, so I just thought Al Ruffle was well worth upgrading. I think he's still unexposed
0: mm-hmm.
2: or a lot less exposed than a lot of these. And I think he's, he could take some beating if he handles the ground. Um, oh, do you know what? I really like this bloody Al Dari as well. But <laughs> he's really disappointed me this season. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if he's disappointed me or connections are disappointed, disappointed <laughs> me. Because he's been chucked into handicaps all season on massive weight. So he can't. Surely can't carry to victory, you know, being an inexperienced three-year-old. Been in, all, been in all the big events. I just wonder what the plan is with him. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know what they're doing. He's he's dropped two pounds since Goodwood back in May in the second start this season. He's he's almost certainly a talented horse. I I don't know if they don't know the trip with him or they don't know what if he wants soft ground or. I don't. He's definitely a talented horse. I'm just just worth keeping an eye on him to see what they do with him uh, next year. He might just be one to write off this season because he's. Not well handicapped enough to do anything, mm-hmm. and then next year he might come to the fore. Uh, just one more, just quick, quick mention Ascension is the other one worth a mention at big price 25 to 1. He's well handicapped off marker of 99. I'm not sure, entirely sure, the drop back to seven furlongs is going to do him any favors. He's um he's a bit one pace, but he loves soft ground. Uh, he gallops all the way through the line. He won't be stopping. So uh, if they do go too hard up front, it would definitely benefit Ascension at around 25 to one. But I, I've got to, I've got to stick with Al Ruffa because it would absolutely kill me if he um if, if I was on Ascension and he beat me on Al Ruffa. Al Ruffa come through and knows me in the line. So Al Ruffa, yeah.
0: Perfect. So Al Ruffo there. as you say Martin Harley taken over in the saddle as Robert Havlin was originally booked. So interesting switchover of jockeys there, but a positive mention for uh, Aldara potentially for next season and also for Ascension if it does turn into a stamina test here. Andrew, yourself, please, for this race.
1: Yeah, interesting that Daryl mentions Ascension and Al Rufo because they're drawn in stores 16 and 17 of 18. And um, three of the last four winners of this race um, have been drawn in one of the three highest stalls. The last two winners have been drawn top of the shop and uh, all those renewals took place on soft ground. So, um, you know, that pair, you can understand the argument. I mean, fundamental is one I wanted to look at as well. Stall 18 of 18, uh, trained by um, the Gosdens and uh, got some good form here, finishing fifth in the jersey stakes behind creative force, doing second best of those who race down the middle of the track from low draws last time out um 10th of 15 in a listed race at newbury but so uh, he was drawn high he was given a patient ride you know when it favored low drawn prominent races and he was up with it and he was uh, he met trouble as well so yeah fundamental would have a squeak um the the other one i was looking at was uh, young fire for david o'mara who's uh, often thrown a lot of darts at this um race he hasn't um, had a winner from his 16 runners in the last 10 years although six of them placed often at big prices and young fire is just a horse who needs you know very soft ground and um, he just hasn't had it for a while. And when, when he gets it, he's generally there or thereabouts. that The low draw could be an issue, but he's 25 to one. So I was looking at fundamental, looking at young fire. Um, in the hope the rain arrives in buckets, I'll go young fire.
0: Lovely. So young fire is say around a 25 to one shot, but also a good shot fundamental. And that jersey form line coming up again as well at Asker, which is very interesting. So he may well get a form boost from. Darrell's earlier, well, a delayed form was admittedly, from Darrell's early selection of the Dream as well, which is very interesting. So few good shouts there in 350 at Ascot. Now, again, I'm going to pass it over to you both for any other bets from Ascot. Andrew, back to you. Anything else you like at Ascot at all? No,
1: not for me. It's it's really tricky as because mm. we keep talking about the um, chance of uh, heavy rain, uh, the chance of a strong tailwind. So uh, I'll, I'll leave it
2: till to the uh, till the day for the supporting races understandably so darryl yourself yeah i'm going to Ascot on saturday so uh <laughs> i've got and boundless power runs in a 425 so that's got to be one of the bets on the on the card i think boundless mm. power off the mark of 91 this is far easier than his last assignment I'm, I'm a little bit worried about count Dorsey, but the ground um going soft for, for boundless power will definitely be a big positive on this drop back to five furlongs obviously bumped into hurricane ivor on the portland last time when caught late that Obviously, a subsequent winner since um, I think the form's very strong. He's definitely well ahead of his mark off £3 high mark. So, boundless power.
0: Perfect. Wins. Boundless power yeah. in the 4.25 <laughs> at basket, that is. So, very interesting. Plenty of characters we know about then. Be, watch out if you are there for how beautifully turned out be proud is anyone who follows me on twitter will know that i'm just keep gushing about how beautifully turned out be proud is so i just wanted to say it again really so <laughs> we will change meeting again here and we will head to red car we're going to head to the soul race at least uh on our scheduled running order at red car this is a 3:35. This is the listed two-year-old trophy. Funnily enough, for two-year-olds, over six furlongs, Another likeable end-of-season listed contest for the two-year-olds this is, which again, looks wide open with a very talented vintage claret heading the market, but He does have to answer some questions here on the back of his last three runs. The super likeable Chipotle, second in the market. And he's just been one of my favourite horses this season. So I'd love to see him get back to winning ways here. But Daryl, which two-year-old do you think still has more in the tank for this end of season target? Um,
2: Mojo Maker. A double figure price mm. um, Best work has come To death um, in a lot of his Races over five furlongs notably In the Molcombe at Goodwood we're not getting The clearest of runs I don't think the Ground is going to be much of an issue to him he's unexposed Over six furlongs after just two stars He got no run at York Behind ever given um, Last time but stuck on really nicely Symphony Perfect was ahead of him that day but He just didn't get the opportunity to build up a, a Big enough run really to, to make Any sort of impact on the race uh, prior to that, though, he bumped into asymmetric uh, at Goodwood on his first start over six furlongs, beating half a length. Pair pulled well clear of an 86-rated uh, horse in, the, in third as well. Uh, he obviously doesn't come off best at of the weights here, but he did finish ahead of Chipotle uh, at, at, in the Molcombe off-level weights. I'm not convinced at the top of the market that vintage Clarets want soft ground, or six furlongs. And I'm not convinced Chipotle wants six furlongs either. So I, I think they, um, they're they well worth taking on in this. Um, Simply, like I say, Simply Perfect was ahead of uh, the selection at York, but we were denied a clear run. You know, with are six points bigger in the market here. Martin Messer needs to bounce back for me. Anadora shouldn't really be good enough to win this and doesn't really stay six furlongs, mm-hmm. I don't think. And last Crusader needs to bounce back. He's earned his rating for one run where he finished sixth. So I just thought... Good bit of value was Mojo Maker around 16 to
0: 1. Yeah, definitely some value there. And I was hoping you were going to mention him because of your intertwining oh. Fearby lines as well. So <laughs> that's a very interesting Mojo Maker. And that's a really decent prize as well. Horse that has promised plenty in his career so far. Andrew, yourself, please, for this race.
1: Yeah, I'm Mojo Maker, but he's um, mm-hmm. 17 to 2 with um, William Hill now from 16 to oh. So uh, that's long gone. The market's completely wrong still for this race. I mean, Hills have got. Um, uh, vintage Clarets and um, Perfect Symphony at nine to two and uh, six to one, the front two in the betting. But they're drawn 13 and 14 and 15. Now, um, although we had uh, a bit of an odd um, time of things at Redcar on the straight course in August at two or three meetings where high draws were favoured, at the last meeting, we were back to the usual low draw bias and there was a massive scrum for the tyre tracks on the far side where the ground had been firmed up and anything drawn high didn't have a prayer, basically. And uh, if the bias is the same as it is, and I have no reason to think it won't be. Then goodness knows why those two are fighting out favouritism from those draws. I mean, Mojo Maker, I'd prefer him to be a little bit lower than seven, but you know he's he's tactically versatile. The wind's probably going to be behind them at Redcore, but it won't be won't be as strong as it is down south, and um, he, he can get a good posse. That I thought it was a great run at York. That race has worked out really well. And um, I thought he had solid claims. The the other one drawn next door to him that I half liked um, was Perfect Glory, who was poorly drawn over course and distance last time. And uh, that was his first run since being gelded. And there could be more to come from him. We, we We had some real shocks in this race over the year, particularly with the placed horses. So mojo maker for me, Perfect Glory, little saver.
0: You like your big price savers this weekend. This is uh, really interesting, probably akin to the conditions that they're going to be getting because Perfect Glory say around a 40 to one shot there and still enough value for the pair of our pundits with Mojo Maker at around 17 to two. So still plenty enough value there to be taking on those at the head of the market in this wide open listed contest. Now, anything else at Redcar from the pair of you, please? Andrew, starting with you.
1: Uh, Yeah, I like um, the Straight Mile Championship, the 4.45, and Timmy's to be's give it some Teddy. we didn't have this race last year, but um, give it some Teddy won it in 2018 and 2019. Timmy's to won four of the last five renewals, and um, this one looks well handicapped. Forget that run at Beverly last time, he got no sort of run, and that wouldn't be his track. So keep an eye on anything that Timmy's to be's got in this race, and give it some Teddy could be the best of them.
0: Yep, give it some Teddy Horse, number seven. I haven't got a show of betting just yet to give you an idea of what price he is, but in the 4.45 at Redcar. And, Daryl, yourself, please. Um,
2: I've got nothing, unfortunately.
0: No, don't, don't <laughs> apologise for that whatsoever. It's um, it's um, very... You've given us plenty. I'm sure we can forgive <laughs> that, at least, anyway. Now, anything else before we move on to Sunday from any of our other tracks or any other races on Saturday that we, we may not have covered yet, Daryl?
2: Uh no. So, i was gonna say i
0: i doubt we haven't covered it but <laughs> no, not, not,
1: not for me either i think i think we've covered enough
0: yeah perfect. We're, we're in, right. we
1: should be getting overtime if we're going to do any more of saturdays yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it is an awful lot i feel like we've covered every single race on saturday so that is completely understandable we will move on to sunday we will move on to longchamp we just have a couple of races scheduled to cover Starting with the Prix de l'Abe, which is a group one contest over two uh, for two-year-olds and over not over two furlongs, even though some of these may even appreciate that, but over five furlongs. And I absolutely love the Abbe. Uh, it's going to have a very different look to it this year without Batache in here, of course, for the first time in four years. But the chance is there for one of these sprinters to take up the mantle. Of course, we don't know the draw yet, uh, which is going to be he- hugely significant for the Abbe. So selections we're about to cover may well change when the draw does come out, but you can find any changes again on the website at gg.co.uk or again on our social media channels. But at the head of the market currently and likely to remain there provided she obviously does run is Swayzer who was so impressive on her penultimate Sartic to Glorious Goodwood. Nothing really went right for her in the Nunthorpe last time out. So Daryl, do we think she can bounce back here?
2: Yeah, definitely, absolutely. Uh, I think she was against the draw bias, really, at York last time. The ground was, you know, very quick that day. Winter Power is, you know, an exceptional horse at York on that track. I thought she caught the eye running on quite strongly um, just did not reach the leaders. I thought softer ground really brings out the best in there, just allows mm. her to get that kick that stamina out in the last final furlong. Time before at Goodwood, she was stunning. She was just unbelievably impressive that day uh and the time before uh, Ascot far too keen when there was just stacks and stacks of pace in the race given a, a poor ride i fought by william Buett that day we're back in her backyard i think space is going to take all the beating in there I, I i mean she should be shorter than two to one for me if winter power is five to one who who is a york horse in my opinion um i, I think swazer should be shorter than two to one
0: yeah, and I'm so glad you agreed, because as I say, I need to see the draw to hope that she gets a low draw here. But if she does, I may have to switch my nap to Swayza because I just think she has everything in her court here. She is just a seriously, a seriously good sprinting talent. She's had excuses on her last two visits to Britain. Everything should be in her favour here. Say so I hope she gets the low draw off the ground is soft. And if she does, she would then be my nap of the weekend because I hugely respect glass slippers. But And of course, I'm expecting her to be bang there in the finish again. And again, this has the plan for her this season. But I do just think that Swayzer is good enough to take the sprinting crown with plenty more to come. So Andrew, can you bolster our selection here?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, Swayzer is something of a rarity. She's a good French sprinter. And mm, um, yeah. she's she's never lost at home. Um, she was unlucky in the Nunthorpe; she was drawn out of it. She's never, um, that was her first defeat over the trip shy of six furlongs. But as you say, it all comes down to the draw. Two to one would be massive if she's drawn store one, two or three, she should mm. be evens probably. But uh, um, and the, yeah, if she comes out in a store 12 or 15 or something like that, you'd be worried. Now, Glass Slippers is an absolute um, superstar. Yeah. She was drawn out of it when second by neck in this race last year. Um, She proved the worth of that effort by going to the Breeders' Cup um, Turf Sprint, winning that next time. And that could be the key to her. She's brilliant when she travels overseas, and and she also needs her first two runs of the season. You could argue she got to the front a little bit too soon at the cover last time, but that was only start number two. In the four seasons that she's been racing, she's zero from eight on her first two starts. Once she's had those two runs, she's an absolute machine, seven wins from eleven. Including five from six when she's raced overseas in Ireland, France, and the United States. The only defeat coming from a shocking draw in this race last year, second by a neck to to Woodin, was it, who uh, is now retired to stud. So Glass Slippers at four to one versus at two to one. It's got to be Glass Slippers, probably each way at that price. But you know the final decision will be made when uh, the draws the draws known. But yeah, Glass Slippers at uh, the current prices. Yes.
0: Yeah as you say i, I hugely respect oh, and a
1: very quick mention yourself. for most elites our old friend who <laughs> progressed
0: from um, winning
1: a leicester seller um through the handicap ranks now to the um, um pattern ranks and you know we've seen it time and time again you know low-drawn prominent races at this tr- in this race can cause upsets I and mean, we've had mm-hmm. sort of a host of big price winners uh, that you wouldn't have given a prayer to um you know based on their overall form I'd certainly give Lita a squeak here if she gets a good draw.
0: Certainly so. As you say, a low draw it does seem to be significant here, but only if you can really make the most of it and not get stuck on that inside rail in traffic. So hopefully the draw will fall all of our favours. But as I say, any changes to selections or any updates can be found on the website. So we will move on to the very small matter uh, saving the best till last, arguably, but not really. Uh, the pre de l'Arc de Triomphe, the group one for three-year-olds and over over a mile four, no geldings, of course. And I am just so, so excited for this year's arc. We've, I'm always excited for the arc in general, but because it is heralded as Europe's greatest race. But this season, it really does look exactly that. Where we have the Derby winner in here and a day are, we have the Irish Derby and St. Ledger winner, Hurricane Lane, Oaks winner, Snowfall, looking to bounce back to form from last time out, multiple classic winner, Love in here. The Japanese representatives, Chrono Genesis and Deep Bond, are hoping to give the Japanese a first winner in this race after plenty of attempts with very smart horses. Uh, obviously, Deep Impact finishing third, but being disqualified, probably uh, the one that comes to mind most recently from the Japanese runners. And is T- Tanawa, though, who heads the market with this being her target all season. She ran a solid race last time out behind St. Mark's Basilica in the Irish Champion Stakes. This is such an exciting renewal, Andrew, but how do you see this year's race unfolding?
1: Yeah, this is about, uh, I spent a lot of time this morning doing an in-depth preview for the gg.co.uk website. And um, in, in terms of those at the head of the market, you know, you could see pretty much any of them winning, but. I wanted to fire off a few arrows each way in the race. And uh, the two I was looking at um, were Mojo Star and uh, Sealyway. Sealyway, we haven't seen since that one chase time St. Mark's Basilica in the Prix de Jockey Club at Chantilly. And uh, that was uh, his first run beyond a mile. Um, and, And again, he was described as outpaced over the extended 10 furlong trip. Every time he runs, he seems to be outpaced and stay on again. So I thought it wasn't impossible that stepping up to a mile and a half for the first time could bring improvement from Herbie's 40 or 50 to one. But the, the one I'm going to side with is Mojo Star who chased home Hurricane Lane in the St. Legend. Now, I mean, he, he's seen the back end of that one twice now, um, staying on into fifth in the Irish Derby at the Curra when uh, he was given plenty to do. And then, of course, the, the change of tactics to um, you know, front running, taking up the uh, running three furlongs out. This in legend. that's suicide on the round course at Doncaster. Mm. So God knows what they were thinking. And I was really impressed that he could finish second, albeit you know the winner is won comfortably. He's sixty-six to one or thereabouts, and um, he's not going to be inconvenienced if it rains. He said he's run a great race against the um, the buyers in that classic last time, and in the and in the Irish Derby. And you know, I'm sure some firms are going to be paying four places on this you know maybe someone might go silly and pay five so mojo star each way for me
0: yeah it's a huge price isn't he around 66 to one at current time of recording and i mean prior to that penultimate start he was the best maiden in the country and as you say ran a belter than last time out finished second behind hurricane lane so completely see the angle and uh to make it it to take advantage of that price about mojo star uh daryl back to you for the arc
2: I'd give you two hundred to one on Mojo Star. <laughs> oh,
0: don't <dude>. six.
2: <laughs> Four. Uh, I don't know. This is this is a, a, an absolute belter, isn't it? This is this is the, the best of the best, isn't it? Um, yeah. A has been given stall eleven, so that, that that's got to be a big negative for him out there in stall eleven. Uh, he he's a very very nice horse, of course he is. Derby winner, but uh, he's been off seventy one days. then a slight setback. Um, but according to, to the yard reports, he he's well on track for this race. But to stall eleven is is no easy feat. He was given an RPR of 129 for his King George win. I think he's he's trying to be the third horse to do the King George, uh, Derby, King George and Arc treble. So uh, it'll be quite it'll be history made if he if he does win. Um, 100 RPR of 129 for his King George win. But no one, not one person, has mentioned that Misshrift was trying to give him 11 pounds in weight. Mm. Not one person has mentioned that. Um, I think you've got to take that into account. I know he won going away. and He won, you know, fairly fairly well. But you know, I, and the misreform boost next time. I thought that was a poor judgment that he won. I don't know. He's obviously a very very nice horse that he are. I just worry about him if he gets caught in traffic or if he he's got to try and. I don't think he's got a smart turn of foot uh, as such. Do you know what I mean? I think he is is his chances will be definitely enhanced if he can break away well and get a very good position from that stall 11, of course. Uh, Tana was very interested. I put a tweet out during the week that i got a lot of stick for. Every time I tweet, I seem to get a bit of stick. So I just want to clarify.
1: You know,
2: basically what I said was don't get hung up on the three pounds that tarnawa has got to give her day It's the equivalent to a house park plant and it won't be the reason she will or won't beat him. No one mentions that she had to give a bag of apples to St. Mark's Basilica and Poetic Flair in the Irish champion. Now, the point being about that was at this level, three pounds for me is not going to be a deciding factor whether I do or don't back Tanawa. Mm. There are lots of other factors in the race. Draw, pace, uh, ground, you know, track position. There's so much more that goes on rather than focusing on the three pounds. And I mentioned it because I heard a couple of tipsters on Twitter saying, I can't believe that is not favourite, given that Tarnawa's got given three pounds, and I just thought it was absolute nonsense. But mm-hmm. she was fantastic in the Breeders' Cup last year when she won the Breeders' Cup. She was held up off a slow pace, came seven wide around the bend, and still picked up magical. Like it was a really, really good run. Um, and and that left Yaris champion last time when giving, you know three pounds away to some Mark's Pillar, but poetic flair. I thought it was a, I thought it was a belting run. Given the race didn't pan out how she wanted at all. Step back up a trip's definitely going to suit her. again though her for me the worry with her would be she needs things to fall right for her so she needs to get that clear run Mm -hmm. she's going to be sitting there waiting hoping and i just think there's some horses in this field that are probably going to be sat quite prominently that may not be as easy to catch as she has been catching other horses if that makes sense um I, i think hurricane lane's the value in the race i know the the ideal prep it's not an ideal prep coming from the St. Ledger into, into the arc, I suppose. But he's done absolutely nothing wrong, this horse. Um, I thought I thought the St. Ledger just showed how versatile he is. I think he's actually probably better soft ground at a mile and a half. Um, his only defeat has come to Adair in, 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 in a derby where he lost two front shoes. That track, you know, is is a completely different race to, to, to what the arc is. So I, I know there's seven lengths to make up there, but he's been drawn well in stall two. He's going to be ridden prominently. Mm -hmm. and if you can catch him then you're a better horse than him but there's nothing for me that i've seen this season so far that suggests that any other horse is is miles better than him because i just haven't seen that evidence in front of me i thought he did remarkably well when he won the um when he won the Irish derby the only horse to come out of the pack and pick up frankie de on lone eagle literally the only horse to make up any ground on the, on the, on the runaway leader. I thought was remarkable. Um, he's handled Longchamp already. He was an excellent uh, winner here in the Prix de Paris. Um, ground's going to be for him. I just think there's there's no negatives to Hurricane Lane's chances other than will he be good enough. And I think that he's going to be well positioned um, to either prove he is good enough or, or perhaps he's not. So I think you're getting a, a good bit of value for your money at 7-2 with James Dole on Hurricane Lane.
0: Totally, totally agree. I almost didn't want to have a bet in this race because obviously I want to just enjoy it in general. But for me, the value is Hurricane Lane as well. There, I absolutely it wouldn't, wouldn't be
1: a bad forecast. Hurricane Lane, Mojo Star, considering you yeah. know they finished one-two in a group one last time out. All you're doing is backing two horses to do exactly what they did the time before. So at those prices are going to pay about um, you know 180 200 to one, perhaps.
0: Yeah, not a bad bet at all as you say with with that exact or all that forecast there of hurricane lane and mojo start to hopefully finish in that order as well on the one two in the arc but hugely hugely like hurricane lane here, yeah, just because as you say a few doubts about a day are coming back from a layoff love Tonawa, absolutely love her but away from her at the head of the market then hurricane lane losing two shoes in the derby still managing to finish third managing to chase down lone eagle in the irish derby who is no easy horse to pass whatsoever and then to go to Longchamp, have a sighter over a mile four on soft ground there and then to back it up with a pretty comfortable win in the St. Ledger. So that is everything in his favour here, certainly. And as you say, it's not as though he even had a typically gruelling win in the Saint Ledger that he's coming here on the back of. I don't think either, so totally agree with the pair of you of your selections there. But just favouring uh, Hurricane Lane though to come out on top. So anything else from Longchamp for the pair of you, Daryl? Yeah, up. just one quick one I say. So,
1: Talking of gruelling, uh, well done to any uh, viewers who are still with us an hour and five into the show. But, uh, Christ, is that long it's, rem- it's been there from it. But uh, yeah, uh, in the five o'clock, the Prix de la Foray uh Niord for Jessica Harrington. This is an autumn horse who since gelded has never lost in October, three wins from three starts. Those October wins were generally preceded by a good effort in defeat in September. Uh, she was only being a length when, so he was only being a length when 4th and 14 at, um, at Lapistown last time. Coming back from a mile, a slight concern, but there's compensation in the price of about 14 to 1 about Niord. Yep,
0: yeah, Niord in the five o'clock there at Longchamp. And
2: Daryl, back to you. Uh, no, not, nothing for me, I'll... I could talk about the arc all day though, if you want, but we better crack on.
0: <laughs> we we'll do yeah,
1: that. Mind, wind your neck in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I apologise. No, wind your
1: neck in is just one at Salisbury.
0: That was a. a lovely, oh, was he? Little update
1: with
0: the racing results. I <laughs> was us just thinking he was being aggressive again. So very well done there. <laughs> yes. So that was a very long show today. Thank you so much for joining us and for coming through the entire podcast with us and getting to the end. Thank you so much to my pundits for all of their hard work across all of our races. Complete comprehensive preview of this weekend's action. Big thank you again to our sponsors, SBK. Andrew's got his egg out. Hopefully it won't be on his face by the end of this weekend either. And enjoy the weekend action. I absolutely love this weekend, so I cannot wait. I hope you enjoy it as well. And we'll catch up with you again next week.